Welcome, citizens, to the ninth episode of Liberty Vigilance. We left you on a cliffhanger last week, but we will get back to the action after a few very important messages. First, we need to inform you that the Potter and Love event in New Orleans has officially been canceled. That's both our live shows and the entire event. If you've already purchased the ticket, you'll receive a full refund from the people hosting the event. And if you forward your ticket confirmation to us at thelibertycomic at gmail.com, we will share our practice recordings for the live shows with you. Those recordings will also be made available to our Patreon in the near future. Speaking of which, our new horror mini-series, Artifact, is now available on our Patreon as well, and we wanted to share the trailer with you. We create a lot of free content, and in an effort to make podcasting a more sustainable part of our lives, we have a Patreon. We have a lot of free content on there, from entire volumes of Liberty Comics, including Bridget Goes on a Date, to our first miniseries, which helps make the 20-plus hours we spend each week creating these podcasts possible. So, if this trailer interests you, we hope that you'll consider joining our Patreon, and if you're not able to join our Patreon, we have multiple seasons of other White Vault stories in the works that will be available to the public for free. So let's take a quick glimpse at the White Vault Artifact. Artifact number 2011.000. This is Marion Sutton, doctoral student. I've been assigned to begin the research on an artifact. It appears to be made of bone, with a type of pigment in the recesses. Shit. My laptop is not charging anymore, so... The power is out. Um, is someone here? I went to the archaeological artifact photographer today, and I get this voicemail. I'm uh, sorry to say this, but none of the pictures came out. I, I don't have an explanation for it. I'm s again, I'm really sorry about this. What is that? Will the team survive this betrayal? Will Atreus endure? Will there be a Red Wedding-style total party kill where we suddenly shift perspectives or prematurely hit you with an epilogue? Will Cassius Sogut ever find her family? Will someone finally get left-handed by Horatius McBride? Only the dice know for sure. Liberty. Vigilance. Episode 9. Old Friends. Around the room, to the dismay of Clairehout, McBride, Azad, Sogot, Flick, and Hawk, the guards and doctors raise guns and take aim at them. Oh, what? However, before their shots are fired, Officer Quinn looses a massive shotgun blast into Dr. Morales at point-blank range. <laughs> Metal ripping through the traitorous doctor's torso. The bloodied doctor slumps against the wall in a heap, sliding down the red-sprayed wall to rest upon the floor. This act, a surprise to the other guards, gives the team a brief moment to spring to action. A bait! I knew I shouldn't have trusted these fucking innies! Flick pulls out his pistol, zigs, primed to fire, but pulls the trigger too early to hit the officers. I'd like to take a shot at the lab tech. With a sharp motion, Agent Sogut's pistol ejects into her hand, and she shoots one of the lab techs in the shoulder, injuring him. I don't think there's anything on you keeping me from sticking my utility knife inside of you somewhere. I do love that armpit area. Investigator Claire Howe pulls out his utility knife, taking charge at one of the officers, but the angered Slash fails to hit the mark, bouncing off body armor beneath the guard's armpit. Should anyone see fit, they could use their inspiration points to re-roll a single dice roll. I am sorely tempted to do so. Uh. You could take the higher of the two rolls if you'd like. Also, you rolled a six-sided dice both times. I did, is that not correct? You should be using the 20-sided die, <laughs> which would explain why the guard was so difficult to hit. Okay, let me try this again. I was wondering where my luck went all of a sudden. And now you get to use your re-roll. Aha! That's significantly better. Give me that arm. <laughs> Inspired to keep those around him safe from harm, 
Investigator Clairhout stabs again, this time catching the soft flesh of the guard's armpit. Wasn't one of those fatal pit strikes? The foe winces in pain, but remains standing. I'm gonna finish him off. Azad quickly draws her pistol, injuring the previously wounded guard in the upper thigh with a wild shot. He passes out from the pain, and with his injuries, will bleed out within minutes. Officer Quinn shoots a single blast at the remaining scientist, taking out his legs. The tech lands on the ground face down as Hawk jumps over the table, tackling him further before stabbing him repeatedly in the back. The remaining soldier fires at Agent Sogut. Unfortunately, the solid shotgun blast makes fierce contact with Sogut's chest. Stumbling, racked with numbing pain, she's barely able to remain standing. And in the bewildered haze of battle, the giant mirror shatters, revealing a new room occupied by two additional soldiers. The new combatants take aim at their closest Watch target, out. Agent Sogut. Oh, fuck. With unhindered line of sight, their bullets meet the shoulder, gut, and skull of Agent Sogut, whose eyes drain lifeless before her body impacts the floor, head first. Cass? Cass! I'm gonna get revenge. Cover me. In a swift, trained motion, McBride flips the table for cover, raises his shotgun, and shoots the closest officer in the stomach. As the officer falls forward to his knees, McBride kicks him across the cheek and pulls the trigger again. Oh, oh, uh, wait, I don't have to do that anymore. I gotta... I gotta reload. While positioning the table between himself and the hail of bullets raging from the other room, Flick hastily reloads. I'm gonna give that soldier the stink eye. I'm going to shoot at the soldiers as well while standing straight up to line up the shot because I'm well beyond caring. Investigator Clairhout, standing straight up in an act of daring and lunacy, slowly moves forward while returning fire through the window, causing the soldiers to retreat behind cover. Behind the glass, a combatant rises, taking aim at Clairhout. Clairhout, watch out! In that moment, Azad shoots him, bullet tearing through the foe's neck and prompting Hawk to leap through the window on top of him. Quinn steps over the body of Dr. Morales, firing another shot into his skull, ensuring he doesn't survive a moment longer than necessary. The remaining officer takes aim at Hawk, but the shot fails to connect as McBride swings the pick-ended club into her arm. Why do you gotta be so short? Don't move, McBride. I'm gonna shoot over your shoulder. As the officer turns her sights at McBride, Flick shoots her in the side of her head, ah! ending the immediate threat. Yeah! I'm gonna go check on Cassius. I'm going to the holographic table. Cassius. Cassius, wake up. Cassius? Oh. As McBride leans over the body of the fallen Agent Solgut, Azad climbs through the broken glass, searching for the holographic table. Well, I wanna I wanna utilize the table to see if um who I'm going to call the Betrayer is still in the facility. Azad determines that the traitorous Tongs is no longer in the facility. Quickly, we need to catch Tongs before he escapes. The hollow desk says that he's not here. He's already gone. Then we need to focus on clearing the rest of the facility. We must ensure that we're not surprised before we can take a moment to breathe. I could be a lot starving better right now. She's dead. Why did they do that? We can discuss this later. At the moment, we have the advantage of surprise. There are more soldiers. Are you in charge? Not really, but I'll do my best. What's left for us to clear? There are four more rooms in the facility. We need to clear them as quickly as possible. Cassius is dead. What? Out of the way. Let me see. Oh, scrap. Yeah, she is dead. There's nothing more we can do. No, 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 not now. Don't do this to me. You... You can't be dead. Cassie, wake up. Please. He's gone, Sylvanas. Can't you do something? Don't you have a, a, a drug that can bring her back? Something. She's dead. I can't fix that. You're still getting paid, right? Yes, damn it. Just give us a moment. Cassius just fucking died. She's a fringer. She doesn't understand. Some of us do understand. Cass was practically family for me. And I don't use that word lightly. We don't have time for this right now. We need to move or they'll kill us. We have to trust you. So lead on. Uh, Horatius reloads in the midst of all this. As does Diana. 
Oh, she also grabs, like, a tactical vest off of somebody and puts it over everything else she's already wearing. Azad discovers that the vests have blood on them. Oh, right. Well, if it's super... She wouldn't even touch it if it was covered in, like, bloody blood. Blood. <laughs> bloody blood blood. So she bends down to take it off the other people, and then she, like, looks at her hands and they're covered in blood. She's just like, never mind. And she puts it back down. <laughs> I was like, that was not... That was not good. Don't look at me like that, Ziggs. I'll feed you a shiny new bullet. This one has got a reverse load. <laughs> Are you all in position? What? I need to open the door. You need to stop talking like we're soldiers. Where should we be? Step to the sides of the door so you're not visible to incoming fire. I'm at the side of the door. We're good. It's all good. Clairhout pushes a nearby corpse out of the way as everyone moves into position, flanking the door. Get out of my way. <laughs> Ready. Quinn pulls open the door to the larger room, and gunfire erupts inward. Quinn is hit, cracking his armor as he brings the barrels of his gun around the door to provide covering fire. To pop one of the soldiers in the jugular. Yeah, he's not feeling that charitable right now. Flick peels out from behind cover and shoots one of the guards in the throat. The cast! here. I'm going to club him. McBride, overcome with a torrent of emotions, charges headlong through the gunfire toward the closest guard. He swings his pick-ended club above his head in an arc and sinks the pick into the side of the officer's head. An instant death. McBride, howling in rage, steps on her shoulder to rip free the gourd club and continue his torrent. Who's next? However, after a brief sweep of the room, it's found to be empty. I'll scan the room real quick. Clairhout scans the room and notes that its scattered cover was designed to face the elevator, which worked in the team's favor. I'm going to check them for medical supplies, anything that's useful or needed at this point. That would require a perception check. Fourteen. Azad and Hawk immediately search the bodies. I... I'm going to check to see if Cassius has anything on her. Maybe there's something she wanted us to have, or something for her family. As Clairhout searches the body of Cassius Zogut, he salvages a shock baton, an older GNK pistol with four rounds, a utility riot control tool known as a silence taser flash utility, or an STFU for short. <laughs> Could come in handy, especially if Horatius rages too hard. 31 meal and four tin for future use. My apologies, Cassius. I'm... I'm so, so sorry. We'll get you a proper service. Well, I'd want you to do the same thing to me if it'd been me. I'm gonna check this guy. Uh, uh, fucking... Uh, that would also require a perception yeah, check. Azad finds six meal, some bandages, and a tube of medical-grade field blood coagulant. Flick finds one meal on the officer he searches. One meal. Horatius is kind of uh, wandering around, making sure the area is secure and listening to see if he can hear anyone else who's about to show up. I'm going to say that first he goes west, as that's the area he is closest to. He is, in fact, in the west area. As junior engineer McBride approaches the western door, it immediately slides open, revealing a small security room and a terrified RAD officer wielding a rifle. Oh, boy. The officer shoots a burst into McBride's left arm. And so ends Horatius McBride. <laughs> shot to death by 20 soldiers that came in, and it is now my chance to club or shotgun them as I see fit. Don't fuck it up, Horatius. And McBride swings instinctively in response, but misses. He's, <laughs> he's using an inspiration to re-roll. I can do that, right? McBride can use an inspiration point to roll a second dice and pick the higher of the two rolls. Much better. So yeah, that's the hit he's going to go for. Even while inspired, McBride's swing fails to connect. We've got company! Ah, shit. I can see the soldier from where I'm standing. Give me some luck, Ziggs. Mwah! <laughs> that's a that's a D zero <laughs> oh, rolling wait. a zero on a that's, D zero. Uh, yeah, I, and that was a okay. critical failure on a D twenty. <laughs> can I just can I just take the zero? This would be a great a opportunity failing? to use inspiration. Oh, <laughs> or yeah, else the weapon might I will. Misfire. <laughs> I uh, 
We're just sinking everything we have into killing this random ass soldier. Well, glad I did uh, that. With the natural 20? That's pretty incredible. Flick holds his gun steadily, closing one eye while squinting with the other. He shoots a single bullet through the narrow space between McBride's neck and the door into the open mouth of the officer before him. The soldier falls and begins to softly twitch. Nice flicking shot. Flick reloads as Clairhout enters the room. What did I miss? <laughs> Anybody have a bandage? He uh, got me in the shoulder. Can I apply the bandages? That's not fun. Bandages. So can I apply <laughs> the bandages? It was loud. It was very loud. <laughs> and I think I'm talking really quietly. <laughs> Medicines and drug use. Oh, that was yelling again, wasn't it? Azad takes a few minutes to patch up McBride while Quinn guards the eastern door. Hey, thanks, Doug. I feel like I didn't just get shot in the shoulder. Ow. <laughs> uh, looting. What else is there to loot? I guess I'll walk past Horatius and loot this guy. Flick and Hawk loot the new body. Thanks. Quinn, was it? How many more? That should be all of the soldiers. Any lab techs we need to worry about? There's one. To the east, I assume? Yes. Quinn moves to face the elevator. I'll stay here and make sure we're not attacked from the elevator. You can clear the east side. It should just be the one tech. Wait, can't I just go into the room that we just, like, killed the guy in and use the security cameras to find out if there's only one? Yes. Then I'm gonna do that before they just walk into another firefight. I will look listfully back towards the security room, hoping for more information. Azad moves to the security room. It's a small room encased in smart glass with bulky terminals, a chair, and a variety of device interfaces, most of which are likely for scientific equipment. Okay, so computer use is... Azad successfully hacks into the system and finds the security footage from the interrogation room. She can adjust the footage, control the doors and elevators, access a map of the building, and look through the various audio-visual feeds inside of, as well as around the exterior of the facility. All right, first show me the feed of the building. Azad searches through the various feeds. Is the lab tech the only person remaining in the building who isn't us? Ah, uh, okay, so there is one remaining armed lab tech in the room that the lab tech is in, um, but you have to go through the barracks section first, um, and then there seems to be... Somebody in one of the, I'm going to assume, either testing or interrogation rooms. And I'm pretty much just pointing to each of the uh, feeds and saying, just be careful because there's armed people or armed persons. Sure. Um, now, you said that, sorry, I'm yelling again because I can't tell how loud I am. We can either keep or destroy the feed, but I think that we should keep it because they say that we betrayed, they said that they literally betrayed the Archon. So why should we destroy it. We're on the good side. She says to the others. What was that? I, um... <laughs> Investigator Clairhouse slowly <laughs> enters the room. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. So we have the ability to either keep or destroy the video feed of us in that room um, during the interrogation before they open fire on us. And they reveal themselves as being betrayers to the Archon. So I think we should keep the feed and maybe send it to somebody in the inner city that we trust. Is that the only footage, or is there any earlier? I can check. Horatius, who is clearly paying little attention to what Diana is saying, kind of peers at the feet over her shoulder and says, oh boy, somebody's a little too interested in keeping the showers secure if you get what I... <laughs> well, anyway, what are we talking about? Got a security feed? Do we gotta delete the footage? <laughs> <laughs> Azad is able to recover archive footage from the day-to-day -day operations of the facility that took place within the interrogation room. None of the individuals who are seen regularly eating and working in the room prior to the footage from this month are currently present in the facility, with the exception of Dr. Morales. All other footage from the other room is not archived. What does it say about when the people that I've seen before leave? Uh, was there just a shift change, or was there... What happened to the ones that were here previously? All other footage from the other room is not archived. Oh, so they already deleted the evidence. Let me see if I can find a way to incapacitate the remaining personnel on this floor. Azad discovers the controls to the atmosphere, but determines that the door to the laboratory isn't airtight, 
so she'd need to affect the entire floor. Someone want to go and, like, glue up that door real quick? <laughs> <laughs> um, Did anyone search Morales? No. Oh. I might take a little jaunt. Clarehout discovers an identification badge and five blood-covered meal canisters on Dr. Morales. Yeah. The remaining items on his person were destroyed by the shotgun blasts. I wonder if there's anything weird about his ID. Let's take a closer look, eh? Clarehout examines the badge, which looks authentic, and pockets it after a few moments. I will come back out so I don't miss any more fun. And while I'm here, can I just ask... So I don't see you in any of this footage. Anything you want to tell us? It's a long story. Once we secure our location, we can discuss it in greater detail. I have no qualms about explaining myself in entirety. Just tell me once and I'll trust you. Can I trust you? Certainly. I fight to protect the Archon. Okay. Horatius, you want to go uh, take care of this lab tech with me? Sounds like a party. Now that I'm all patched up, shouldn't be too bad. Just watch your shoulders, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, Flick actually asks Diana, Are you sure there's anyone in this city you can actually trust right now? After this mess? What do I know about um, Director Yale? That would require a knowledge atrius check. I know everything! <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Yale has a long and prestigious career working for the Department of Research and Development, spearheading advancements in branches of technology, science, and medicine that had never been delved by predecessors. Even the historic Dr. Director Acor's legendary accomplishments are beginning to pale in comparison to what Yale has achieved. Yale has been productive and extremely successful across all divisions and subdivisions, and he is said to be personally favored by the Archon over many other directors. So what actions has he taken to show dedication? Has he, um, was he, did he have any military service at some point in time? Yale has been with the DRD his entire life. Career highlights, thesis. He began in advanced computer technologies, working alongside Tilian Zhao on an earlier incarnation of the privacy hood. From there, he moved on to other smart technologies, advancing the fail-safe encryption utilized in Atrian firearms, implementing a new security protocol on credit databases, etc. It would seem peculiar to call Yale's loyalty into question, given this background. Additionally, Azad is personally aware that Yale heads a mysterious paramilitary division that defends the resources of the DRD, known as the Vigilant. Its members are armed with highly advanced and sometimes experimental technologies, Rumors of self-correcting firearms and bullet-retardant energy shields, for example. The only oddity about Yale is that he had the opportunity to correct a substantial interdivisional issue and chose to do nothing. Unknown to many, the Department of Research and Development is at war with itself. Its current allocation system, set in place by a previous doctor director, Acor, encourages small teams within the scientific community to compete with one another, to hoard information and on occasion steal from or sabotage other teams. Resources are allocated based on a team's success or the potential importance of a project, and Assad has never been fully comfortable with the idea of the brightest and best minds at war with one another for funding. Uh, you look like you've been thinking about my question for a while. You got an answer for me yet? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't all know. Said the only any I trust is dead. I'm hurt. <laughs> I might, I might end up sending it over to Director Yale just because it shouldn't be unknown what's going on here. Do I know of any other people, especially from my department, that I should send it to? Azad thinks for a moment and considers if she could trust her immediate superior. She concludes that under circumstances such as these, it would be most appropriate to report directly to Yale. All right, so while they go off to get, um, deal with the uh, lab tech, um, yeah, I'm going to send it off to Director Yale because in my Atrian mind that is so entirely brainwashed, she believes that to be the best idea. And she, she doesn't actually tell Flick. She just turns back to the computer and starts doing things. I'm going to join up with Horatius. 
whatever Horatius is doing. I'll wait here and guard with Quinn. How about you come with us? We could use the help. Clarehout, McBride, Hawk, and Flick move to the east door and stop. I'll go through the door first. <laughs> the air hangs stale and smells strongly of body odor. The room before them is empty, except for seven sets of bunk beds with matching lockers, two doors, and cameras which are built into the walls. Oh yeah, as you can probably see me on the, uh, Horatius waves at one of the cameras. <laughs> and then gives a thumbs up, and then heads for the next <laughs> Hold up a moment. I'm going to search the barracks for useful items. The lockers at the foot of each bed all appear to be locked. Don't have time for that. Stand back, I'm gonna kick in the door. Fry kicks in the door and surprises a DRD scientist armed with a data pad, chemical spray, and a small Defender model pistol on his hip. The lab also houses a dozen floor-length glass containers filled with dark fluid, and to the right stands a well-polished door. Upon seeing McBride, the scientist drops his data pad in terror and reaches clumsily for his pistol. Drop the gun, or I'll shoot. That would require a successful intimidation check. Sweet. I love intimidation because I can do it sometimes. As the scientist pulls the trigger, he fumbles, dropping the gun <laughs> and sending the bullet into the floor. Shaking and distraught, he reaches for the chemical spray. Uh, okay, uh, can I go for kind of a non-lethal type of shot? Can I shoot him in the legs or something? <laughs> in the heat of the moment, McBride reasons that he might be able to take out the scientist's legs without killing him. Cool. I'm going to try to shoot him in the legs. Unfortunately, I am a horrible shot. Hopefully you guys can pick up the slack if I suck. <laughs> uh, okay. There we go. McBride shoots the scientist in the legs with his... Wait. What type of gun is he using? This is a, this is a shotgun. This is a, uh, what, what, what is it? It's a, uh, scrap shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> he's, tr he's trying to knock out a scientist by shooting his legs out with a shotgun. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, McBride, um, non-lethally. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't justify that. Oh, McBride no. takes out the scientist's legs with the shotgun, <laughs> completely severing one of them. The maimed man hits the floor face first, dropping the chemical spray. The spray activates, not hitting anything, just ejecting a chemical dust into the room that dissipates into a light mist. <laughs> The scientist bleeds out in a matter of seconds. Oh, come on, buddy. I told you not. Oh, whatever. The traitor utters one last phrase before losing consciousness. Yeah, okay. Uh, just, just your may, you, may you get your legs back in the awakening. <laughs> Somebody want... I thought maybe we could talk to him. You know, I'm just gonna... Gracious, uh, does does a little mercy killing. Uh, <laughs> hits, hits him with the... Uh, Hits him with his club and then reloads. Well, fuck. <laughs> oh, that was the stupidest thing I've ever done in my life. Diana can audibly facepalm while watching this on the video. Well, look, he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have tried. He like looks up at the camera. He shouldn't have tried to shoot me, okay? You did warn him. It was an accident. <laughs> I thought maybe I could like get him in the foot and I just Archon, this gun is ridiculous. Apparently most things in here don't react too well to bullets. I guess we should uh probably investigate the uh the area. Sorry about that, uh, my friend. I, uh you sure are dead now. <clears throat> I'm going to take a closer look at these jars. That would require a successful perception check. Uh-oh. I mean it's blood. Yes. Within the dark liquid float dead bodies. Most are dead due to unknown means, but two clearly died from gun-related wounds. Most of the bodies appear to be Atrian citizens, though Clairehout cannot confirm their identities due to decomposition. Can I start counting them in comparison to the bunk beds? <laughs> Clairehout counts six bodies compared to the seven beds in the previous room. Oh, good. Presumably Morales. Hmm. Looks like they were about to have quite the chili cook-off in here. <laughs> well, I guess we're not going to learn anything from the legs. Yeah, well, uh, we might have about 20 seconds ago, but I don't think that the uh, the prognosis there is too good. Hey, man, uh, it happens. Well, you know, we probably had to check out this room over here. Uh, 
Uh, wasn't there, uh, wasn't there some unhappy looking person inside this area? Is there an intercom system? Azad discovers the intercom system. All right. Be prepared to be scolded. <laughs> Can you hear me? What's in the tubes? I just blew this guy's legs off, and your question is, what's in the tubes? I don't know, brown stuff. <laughs> I saw that happen. What's in the tubes? Some brown stuff. Uh, we probably don't want to eat it um, or shoot it. Uh, Horatius peers at the brown stuff. Uh, and McBride discovered bodies inside of the glass containers in various stages of decomposition. Uh... There's some bodies in the brown stuff. Oh, wonderful. But I uh, can't really see anything else, even though I'm looking right at it. I don't know. I uh, got some pepper spray in my in my face. <laughs> Not a good time. <laughs> All right. In the next room, there are restraining beds. Somebody is in one of them. The other one is covered in blood. Doesn't look like anybody in there can hurt you. But just in case, please don't do anything stupid this time. Incapacitate. <laughs> Incapacitate. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, we really should be moving on before we breathe in too much of this stuff. Can I open the door? You can. I will. McBride, Hawk, and Flick follow. Through the door is a bare and poorly lit room with two restraining beds. These devices are generally reserved for prisoners, and one of the beds is covered in dark stains Investigator Clairhout can safely assume to be blood, based on the lingering smell. The other bed is currently occupied by a woman covered in bruises and small cuts. She immediately turns to look at the team as they enter, shaking hair out of her eyes. Come here! I'll break your fucking knuckles again! Well, hey, sure. look, we're not here to hurt you. Uh, sorry? Clairehout notes that she appears to be in her mid-thirties with tan skin, intense eyes, and short black hair adorned with a vertical green streak. She's wearing a sports bra and combat pants, and her mark denotes third-tier lethality and a master's degree. She appears to have recently been undergoing some form of torture. Who are you, then? Uh, hey, Sylvanas, uh, who, who should we say? What should we, uh, tell, tell her about, uh, about A sudden us? spark of recognition crosses Clairehout's mind. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, lady, hang on for a second. I gotta confer with my colleague here, and uh, I will get back to you and let you know who we are. <laughs> right now, I don't know. It's been confusing. Are you damned cultists or not? Uh, no, we are not the cultists. They're pretty weird, and I killed a bunch of them. <clears throat> um, then get me out of here before they come back. Okay. I vengeance. I want them to suffer. Shut the fuck up, Thracius. Oh, yep, yeah, sure. Yep, uh, yep, you talk. <laughs> Not Horatius, Thracius. Pardon me. <laughs> what are you doing here? How did you get here? It's classified. I don't give a fuck if it's classified. You're restrained to that bed, and I'm perfectly happy to leave you there, so why don't you tell us? My team and I were investigating a distress signal from this facility. Seems that it was taken over by a rogue scientist. Dr. Morales. He killed the original science team. He's using their lab for an unknown purpose. He appears to be aided by elements of the RAD, the DRD, and even the Vigilant. What do you know about the children of Melikor? Very little. I know that they must be destroyed, and that they're a serious threat to the Archon. I need a moment to think. A lot's just happened in the last 20 minutes. Horatius <laughs> is just kind of watching Sylvanas, kind of waiting for what he decides to do. Sylvanas Clairhout's flaw is that he will do anything to catch her. But it doesn't say anything about killing her. But I do have this lovely shut the fuck up, which I'm just dying to use. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Sylvanas, you're looking a little intense there. You, uh... Got uh, some type of uh, something you're 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 plotting? Oh, I just had a bad experience once. Ah. Uh. Why don't you go ahead and get her out? But keep a close eye on her. Regardless of the past Sylvanas and I share, significantly more grave consequences await us if we don't work together. My record is otherwise spotless. And though the situations surrounding my promotions are suspect from the perspective of one individual in particular, I've undergone numerous life-threatening missions and proved my loyalty to Atreus many times over. Okay, well, listen, don't worry about that right now. I'm just going to get you out of here. I think that you're, 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 you're agitating my buddy. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, 
Let's just, uh, let's work together. <laughs> Thanks. Senior Officer Thracius Wyatt of the Special Defense Force. And you are? Uh, Horatius McBride, and, uh, you know, I've been so many different things over the past, uh, little while that I really don't know who I am. Let's just get <laughs> out of here and we can sort it out later. Excellent. Give me a gun and let me fight. Okay. Don't give her a gun. Okay, I'm gonna defer to my friend here and not give you a gun. However, I also won't shoot you. <laughs> I'd say it's a pretty fair trade. Now let's head back to the main common area so that we can figure out what we're gonna do next. This sounds agreeable. Let's move. Oh my. On the plus side, I get to add someone new to our map. What color should I make you, Wyatt? Uh, T-H-R-A-C-I-U-S. <laughs> How about bright yellow, the color of bees? <laughs> <laughs> I knew he couldn't trust her. <laughs> the team reconvenes in the main room. Quinn, do you have any restraints? Not on me, no. Are there any in here? We could theoretically rig something up from the room in the back, but it would take time to do so. Yeah, I'll just keep an eye on her. Can't... It, it, so it's clear? The building is secure. The cameras don't reveal anybody left in the building. Excellent work. My name is Senior Investigator Tertullius Quinn, and I'm an agent of the Atreus Bureau of Investigations. And before you ask, it's not a made-up division. Just a very secretive one, and due to its secretive nature, I'm unable to provide concrete proof of this claim. However, the individual you know as Tongs is also an agent of my division. Did your name just change? Hmm? Did your name just change? Quinton. It was a fake identity I crafted. A detailed explanation will be required to give you a complete understanding of what's going on. I had personally been investigating a corruptions case involving a missing agent within my organization known as Albin Lapram. I believe you know him as Tongs. In short, my discoveries led me here, where I found Albin, Dr. Morales, and a team of occupants that had clearly killed the facility's previous inhabitants. I was able to convince this new team that I was here to assist in their treachery, and I have been working with them undercover for little over a day now. I've learned much. What I'm about to say is obviously classified and shall never be repeated to those beyond this room or perhaps Director West himself. Albin, Morales, and the others are part of a cult known as the Children of Melikor. This cult is extremely anomalous, with both fringers and citizens alike composing its membership. The Archon. Among other things, they desire the destruction of Atreus through a process called the Awakening. Through unknown means, they've brainwashed decent citizens into joining this cult, and as evidenced by the grand scale of this corruption, which I've confirmed to include elements of all government divisions, they are the single greatest threat Atreus has seen in over a century. Ah, oh, shit. As a senior investigator of the Bureau, I ask for your assistance in the greatest possible purpose we could ever be called to. While I've gained a vast quantity of information regarding the radical nature of this cult, and some understanding of its expansive reach, I have no confirmation as to how deep their corruption goes. However, through Guile I was able to discover that there is a docket containing the names of most of the Atrian defectors. The majority, in fact. The reason for this list is apparently to allow the instant communication of orders to all members simultaneously in final preparations for the Awakening at least the important ones, assumedly so they can avoid whatever attack they're planning, or perhaps they can help assist in it. The docket is in a digital file called The Calling. It is in the hands of one of their key leaders. My plan is to retrieve this docket and personally deliver it to Director West. The West family have been the protectors of Atreus since its founding, and are close friends of the Archon. Director West is a just man worthy of the name. While I retrieve the docket, I'd like you to infiltrate the cult and learn what you can about the Awakening and their plans. Do you have any questions? Why us? Why does this keep happening? <laughs> because I know I can trust you. You were obviously set up to die, and you were resilient enough to survive. Those who knew of you are dead, with the exception of Lapram himself. 
That makes you ideal allies. It's the way I see it, we'd all have a lot more bullets in us if it wasn't for you. So I guess we do owe you. This is for Atreus, not me. Please remember that. I'm assuming we're headed to the tower? Yes. I'd like you to enter the large tower nearby while in the guise of cultists. You must be prepared to avoid their mind-controlling abilities, their lies, and to learn what you can. Should the opportunity somehow present itself, I would ask that you destroy the cult and whatever plans they have after I acquire the docket. I cannot express how futile stopping their first attack will be if the secret enemies of the Archon remain securely ingrained in all areas of Atrian life. So, you're asking this group to play pretend again? You were nice at it before. You can do it again. Well, I think the word nice is a bit of a stretch. Some of us yeah, well, uh, well, whatever you say, I sure can play pretend great. Let's do it. Icon, I chipped a nail. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right, uh, let's, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's crack some... Let's infiltrate some cultist heads in the name of the blood skulls and then turn in the name of the... Oh, man. I'm sure. Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> what do we do with her? That's your decision. Okay, Thracius, what do we do with you? I can join either of you. I'm a valuable asset, an experienced soldier with years of military training. Allow me to be used to the best of my abilities. I want to hurt them. That's a little intense. Okay. What is it they used to say about keeping your friends close? Claire Hout reluctantly hands Senior Officer Wyatt a rifle from one of the dead soldiers. Thanks. I'd like the other side of my head to stay intact this time if it's not too much trouble. Wyatt smiles. Just keep the distance required by the restraining order. <laughs> and remember who the real enemy is here. Hmm. To gain entry to the tower, you'll need to speak with a recruiter for the children of Melikor. He's known as Gree the True. Tell him that Dr. Morales sent you, and he'll likely have some sort of test for you. What uh, type of test should we be anticipating? I am unsure. Something to prove your faith. Well, as long as I'm not slicing off any limbs, I guess that's fine. Not slicing off any limbs, right? Because, uh... That, uh, you know, I, I, I work with my hands, no. so, okay, good. <laughs> I don't think they'd want to cripple their future members. Good. Yeah, that's what we want. Do you have any additional questions? Not that I can think of offhand. How about you guys? I'm going to check their lab. I will be right back. Don't you have enough meal? Come on. Not for that. Then I must leave for my mission. Do you know of any prominent leaders that are involved in the cult? Prominent names I've heard spoken include Baker, Yale, Creed... Gulion, Gree, and Lapram. Azad returns, having stepped away momentarily to craft a sort of truth serum. Ooh. Let's test it on Hawk. I mean, no, that wouldn't... Uh. That's probably not the best use of our resources. What about the woman that we just met, that we just armed? Yeah. She was strapped to a table and being tortured by cultists. Well, then she wouldn't mind one more needle. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, ready to get in on this thing if you are. Excellent. While you do this, I will be seeking the docket elsewhere. The tower might be their largest holding, but it is not their most valued. And I work better alone. I'm assuming you'll signal us when you have it? Yes. And I remind you again, only send your data to Director West. Do not send this information to anyone else except myself and the Director. And if you do not see me again, Director West will be expecting you to deliver your findings in person. I'm going to send him a message mentioning you on the way to my objective. Do not fail. Reeve endures. Reeve endures. Reeve endures. Whatever. <laughs> Quinn salutes the team and departs for the elevator, but the team joins him, sharing the awkward moment after goodbyes when they're yet to part ways. <laughs> Quinn looks over at the team, nodding quietly to himself. This is gonna be fun. Yeah, best of luck. Thanks. We'll certainly need it. I didn't see any of you taking notes, so if you need any of the names one last time, just ask. It's your last opportunity to hear them. I have Baker, Yale, Creed, and Greed. Did I miss one? Lapram. I believe that's the one you know of as... Uh, Tongs? Tongs. 
Yeah. Well, I'm off. So, Solanus, how have you been? Let's just keep the small talk to a minimum, uh, shall we? Mm-hmm. Sister, doing okay? <laughs> as far as I know. That's nice. Well, I guess we should start heading toward that creepy tower and get ready to do a test that will not involve uh, permanent limb chopping. <laughs> I suppose we should see if uh, Hawk and Flick are even with us at this point. Are you guys still going to work with us? Hmm. This sounds pretty crazy. Unless you're paying me a lot more, I'm not going to be nice with uh, infiltrating a uh, cult. Understood. Did you find anything good in there? Yep, yep. I'm paid nice. And I'm assuming you're not going to talk about us to many people. That would be unpleasant for everyone. Mm-hmm. You've got my <laughs> words of honor. I'm nice. Can you make your way back home from here? Yep. Got some stuff to trade first, but yeah, after that, I'm nice. Well, thank you for your help. You guys have been really great to fight with. You know, I'm gonna miss your blood skulls. I'm gonna speak tales of how awesome you guys were. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, the blood skulls, thank you. Thanks. The talesmen will speak your names. Hawk departs quickly. Blood skulls! <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you know, I could get used to this Blood Skulls stuff. I mean, not forever, because it's pretty weird out here, but uh, generally. <laughs> hey, if we make it back to the city alive, I say we keep it up. Bust some heads. Is that some sort of sports team or codename? The Blood Skulls? Uh, sure. Uh, it's a, it's a, spor it's a sports team for a blood sport. Blood Skulls. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I don't know where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> Flick, you'll be very well compensated for staying with us, and we'll honor our obligation to pay off your debts. Hmm. Well, I mean, the gal that hired me is rotting in that facility right now, but I guess if the pay is there... Someone's got to make sure you two don't open your mouths too much. If the pay's there, you stays there. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I guess I'm on board. For now. So, what's the plan from here? I'm assuming the recruiter we're looking for is outside the tower? We didn't ask. Ha! Oh, I don't know anything now. <laughs> I think he might have mentioned that he would be near the tower. Hey, you know, before we really get into anything else, uh... It uh, might be a good idea for us to actually get some sleep. Uh, you know, uh, recharge our batteries. That type of thing. So that I can rage. <laughs> <laughs> well, then let's take the elevator back down. The team takes the elevator back down with the intent of getting a full night of rest. Ah! Ooh! <laughs> I forgot about the whole shower part. It's like the whole poke, only with no chains. Oh, wait. No. Sorry, Sylvanas. Forget I mentioned it. Yeah. I think some time to rest and reflect will be nice for all of us. So, Wyatt, how did you come to be here? My team and I initially detected a distress signal at the outpost, and... Seems we were never meant to. We couldn't have suspected such a treason, so... We were easily captured. What happened to the rest of your team? My team was murdered. Those bastards took great pleasure in saving me for last. Letting me watch as those under my command were slowly tortured to death. One at a time. We'll stop them. They'll pay. Clairehot, I'll take care of the, uh, funeral arrangements. You should rest. Thanks. Okay. Who's gonna take first watch? I'll take first watch. Oh, yeah. That'll be real safe for all of us. It will be. I happen to be great at what I do. How about I join you on first watch? That sounds agreeable. What's our plan once we get some rest? Well, I guess we head to that tower and we figure how we're gonna, you know, uh, infiltrate this whole, uh, uh, cult situation. Do we want to try sneaking in or do we want to try and meet with this tester fellow? I could try really anything you want, but sneaking isn't my strong point. <laughs> so what is your strong point? Uh really beating on people. That's what I've been best at so far. Uh, pretty good at that. Pretty good at just wading right into combat, heedless of 
any of the obstacles that may be heading my way and just, uh, you know, really, uh, just beating people, uh, to death, I guess. I didn't really do a lot of that prior to today, but I sure have been successful. What's your career back home? Um, I work in a mine. And before that, I was in the military. That adds to eight. Well, you know, skulls are like, uh, rocks. And this <laughs> thing is kind of like a drill, but I'm still, uh, you know, pretty good at using it to get into heads. Anyway, let's go. Uh, sleep. <laughs> let's sleep. As you can see, I'm tired. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Night, guys. Wyatt and I got watch. Wow. Uh, well, it's been fun being part of the show. I hope the people who hear this enjoy my character and the crazy adventure that made up her life. Avenge me, guys. Liberty Vigilance. Created and produced by Travis Bengroff with editing and writing assistance from K.A. Stats. Executive producer, Dan Gill. Starring Peter Lewis, Sean Francis, Caitlin Buckley, Caitlin Stats, Daniel Thorson, and now joining us, Ashley Birch, with narration by Wayne June. Guest voices include Heather McClellan and Russ Moore. The music was created by Ryan McQuinn, Stephen Malin, and Brandon Strader. Vigilance was mixed and mastered by Brandon Strader with cover art by Dan Stanek. The original game master was Travis Vengroff with assistance by K.A. Stats. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon team. If you have enjoyed listening to this episode, please consider supporting us on Patreon or by liking and reviewing our show on iTunes. We'd especially also like to thank citizens Dan Gill, Zach Israel, Fallon Gannon, Adam Farber, Scott Morrison, Saryuko, Austin Barth, and Jonathan Wade. This broadcast is a creation of Fool and Scholar Productions. Thank you for listening, and may the Archon watch over you. Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.